Thanks for listening to the new Numa Godcast today. As always, we ask for your support, and there are several ways you may do so. The first step is subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're on iTunes, Anchor, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and many more. Did you know that testimonies are one of the biggest ways to build credibility? Well, that's why we need the following to happen, which is one of the most important things we may ask from you. If you're on iTunes, once you subscribe to the podcast, immediately before life kicks in and you forget about it, rate the podcast in two easy steps, which are only available on iTunes. First, give us a five-star rating, which gives us more visibility in the podcast rankings. And after you rate the podcast, write an inspiring comment about the podcast that will tell others why they should listen to the podcast. Second step, follow us on your favorite social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Parler, and YouTube. Third step, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Fourth step, subscribe to our email list at newnuma.com forward slash subscribe. Last but not least, notice how none of the above steps cost any money. However, if you care to give to the mission, you may send as little as 99 cents per month up to as much as you would like to send into this ministry. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash new dash numa and scroll down to where you will find the support button. Click there and the rest will be clear. Once again, we appreciate you and your support. This is Norm from the New Numa Godcast. Peace. You are tuned in to the New Numa Godcast, hosted by Norman Brown, a.k.a. Professor and Justin Foster, where we address the taboo from a biblical view. Our podcast is all about real talk with new life. And quite frankly, you'll either love it or you won't because we deal with tough topics that the church rarely touches. Somebody's got to do it, and that's why we exist. So just sit back, chill, and enjoy the ride, because it's going to be good. Peace. Well, welcome to the show, Vanessa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. You know, um, I was curious because, I mean, I did look at your website and everything, but I wanted to know, like, overall, what would you say that your style of music is that you do? Or do you have different styles that you do? My style of music currently is definitely, like, soft rock Christian music. Um, I have a rock and roll background. I used to be in a rock and roll band, and I was kind of trained as a rock singer. But um, ever since I became a Christian, I've been singing Christian music, and I've been trying to incorporate some rock sounds in my music, but still keeping it, you know, lighthearted and uplifting. So I would say, like, soft rock Christian music. Okay, cool, cool. So for the purpose of the audience, um, why don't you give me a short kind of uh, introduction of who you are, um, just telling people, you know, about yourself, just a brief introduction. Sure. My name is Vanessa Marie. I am from New Jersey, uh, the tri-state area. I am a singer-songwriter. I've been singing my whole life. Um, I recently became a Christian two years ago, so that is when I kind of segued into Christian music, and now I am pursuing a uh, professional music career in the Christian world, and I'm trying to spread the message of Jesus Christ and just sharing my story with the world. All right. Sounds good. So you grew up in New Jersey. What part of New Jersey did you grow up in? I'm from Bergen County, so that's like North Jersey. It's about 30 minutes from New York City. It's like a suburb of the city. Um, It's a small little community. It's a train town, which means you can like hop on a train if you want to go to the city or if you want to go down to the Jersey Shore. Um, Everything is really primarily located. And, uh, yeah, I love where I, I grew up. I I felt like I had access to a lot of different things and I feel really lucky to have grown up in a place like this close to the city and um, 
yeah, it's a great place to live. I love it. So if I was to jump on a train in your town, how long would it take me to get to the uh, New York City? Um, so it depends on the time of day, but if, if traffic didn't exist, it would take about 30 minutes. Okay, so 30 minutes by train. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and you can you can even see, like, the New York City skyline from the highway. Okay. So it's super close. Um, but it's kind of nice to be able to escape the hustle and bustle of the city and, like, come to the suburbs where it's quiet and you can drive your car around. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Okay. Yeah, that sounds kind of like how I like to live. I mean, I love the city life, but I also uh, would like to be in a place where I'm far enough away where I can have some land, um, have some quiet, have my own you know, single family home space and then go into the city when I feel like it, you know? So I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell me about like, what was it like for you growing up, um, in your town? Growing up for me was overall pretty pleasant. Um, I have three older brothers. I'm the youngest in my family. Um, my parents are still together, so our house was, you know, always full and busy. Um, my brothers and I were really close in age, so we were kind of going through school at the same time, and uh, we had the same group of friends. So it was kind of like a typical um, upbringing, not too much drama. We were always, like, involved with sports and, um, like, school stuff, so we were always busy. I... I've been singing my whole life, so I was always doing, like, the musicals and, like, singing in chorus, um, but um, it wasn't until I left for college that things were kind of, things didn't really feel right, um, and I wasn't sure if that was just because I'm leaving familiarity. I actually went to University of Maryland for a year. Oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm down by you, and um, I was really trying to, like, enjoy college. I was like, this is supposed to be the best time of your life, um, but something was just missing, and I had no idea what. I thought I was just, you know, depressed. Um, I had anxiety, and I thought it was Maryland that was doing it. Oh, I just hate Maryland. I hate Maryland. I'm, I'm, I miss New Jersey being close to home, so I transferred to NYU in the city, New York University, and I actually lived in the city, and it felt better for a brief period, but I still was kind of like, all right, like, I still, I'm not as happy as I should be, so college was a really, really tough time for me, because I was also, like, looking at my friends having the best time, and I just wasn't having that classic college experience. So um, I moved back home, and I don't know, I was just in a really dark place. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I was singing, but I wasn't really pursuing singing as like hard as I could have been. And then I decided to start a rock and roll band. So I started this rock and roll band with some old buddies from high school. And that was good. We were actually really good. We were different. We were singing like hard rock, kind of like 80s influenced rock. And no one was really doing it in the area. So do you mean like Metallica type of stuff or do you mean something else? Yeah, kind of like Metallica, like um, like Van Halen, Metallica, like, like true 80s rock. We thought we were so cool and we put on a hell of a show. So we were kind of gigging all throughout the tri-state area and we went... I don't know if you're familiar with the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. No, I'm not. But it's, it's like this famous little music venue. Bruce Springsteen, like, 
played there all the time where he was getting his start. And they have this Battle of the Bands competition every year. And we entered it, um, I think, 2015 we did it. And we won. So we were like a really good rock and roll band. But um, the band split up because we were just like crazy. And we all had kind of like different ideas of where we were going to go in the future and what we wanted to do. So the, the band split up. And at that point, I was trying to like go out on auditions in the city, whether it's for like a Broadway show or just like a singing showcase. I was just trying to like put myself out there as a singer. And um, there's this website called um, backstage.com, which is where like, yeah, you like, like all for like Broadway shows, they post their audition times and stuff like that. Like that's why you sign up for this website to get like notifications. And um, this music producer posted um, an ad on backstage.com saying, I'm a music producer. I'm looking for singer songwriters to collaborate with and like just to work on pop music to, um, pitch to radio and the whole thing. So I submitted my information to this music producer and he contacted me saying he would like me to come audition for him. So I went and auditioned for this music producer. He lives in like this penthouse in New York city, this high rise, like super cool. Um, seems totally legit. His like assistant answers the door and I, I go into the tent, like the, the apartment and I sing for him and he thinks I'm awesome. And he says he wants to work with me. He wants to sign a contract for a year to produce some songs for me and then like pitch them to record labels and radios. So I was like, sure, yeah, like, this is a dream come true. Like, my band just broke up, and now I'm going out as a solo singer, and this is just, like, perfect timing. So let me ask you something, because I know that uh, you, you at some point in time, went to the Apollo Theater. Is this after or before the Apollo Theater? Oh, so the, the Apollo Theater was actually during all of this. So exactly okay. what I was saying before, like, I was trying to go out on auditions and stuff like that. So the Apollo Theater was they also had like an open call thing on their website saying come audition to the Apollo Theater and it was so crazy. It was like a Saturday morning and I woke up and I was like, Oh, I'm so tired. Like I I really don't want to go. But something, you know, something inside me told me to just go, just go. So I make my way to the Apollo Theater and they're only accepting the first two hundred people in line. And they're handing out the numbers, and I'm number 200. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. If I had waited a minute longer, I wouldn't have wow. gotten seen. Wow. So, okay. so I'm um, number 200. Uh-huh. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, go ahead. Talk about this uh, thing uh, with the Apollo Theater first. Okay, yes. Yeah. So I'm number 200. So I'm waiting there all day, like a typical open call casting. You're just like sitting around all day. And since I was 200, I was the last person to be seen. And thankfully, they actually did see me because a lot of the time these producers, they don't even wait till the end. They just, they've seen enough. So um, I sing for them and I sang You and I by Lady Gaga. And they said, we love you. We want you on the show. So the show is there amateur night at the Apollo. So they have it um, every Wednesday night. They have about like 10 participants for their amateur night. And the winner of those shows every Wednesday um, move on to the next round in the competition. So when I sang on Wednesday, I didn't win that round, but I was able to sing on the Apollo stage to a packed house and yeah. I sang Tina Turner, out of all things, and 
that was it. It was awesome. Mm. It was like so memorable. Um, throughout the Apollo, they like boo you off the stage if they hate you and you could yeah. actually get like swept off the stage. I got booed a little bit, but then I won them over towards the end. So I didn't get swept off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, everybody has to go through a time where it seems like they're not doing their best or whatever. And then, you know, they come, it's the story of a triumph, you know, you start out at the bottom and then you rise to the top, so to speak. So, um, but yeah, that sounds good. So, so let me ask you something because obviously now, um, we're in your adult life. Um, you weren't growing up in a home with Christians, I presume. Am I correct? Correct. So I grew up, I actually grew up in the Catholic church. Okay. So, which, so we were kind of a family that just like went through the motions, went to church Christmas and Easter and some Sundays here and there, kind of just like going through the motions. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny, the Catholic church doesn't really mention Jesus Christ a lot. Yeah, that um, is crazy. They talk they talk about Mary a lot and like yeah. the saints and I'm always just like, Where's Jesus? Where yeah. where is Jesus? He's the only one that matters. Were you thinking but, that when um, you were born when you were going through that back then? When I was when I was a Catholic at the time, no. I, I wasn't thinking that at all because I had no idea who Jesus was. In hindsight, I had no idea who Jesus was and what he did for me. Wow. But now, yeah. since I'm saved, since I'm saved, I have the Holy Spirit who is opening my eyes to so much and I'm and I'm reading the Bible now. So I I have a personal relationship with Jesus now, whereas before I did not have a personal relationship with him. Okay. Now this is interesting because I actually didn't realize because I didn't grow up in the Catholic stuff. So I actually did not realize they didn't talk about Jesus like that. And that's really crazy because they're pulling out the Bible or what's supposed to be the Bible. And yet they got all these prayers to Mary, but you're not hearing Mm. Jesus. That's, that's really crazy to me. Oh, I know. It's so, it's so crazy. I mean, obviously they'll mention Jesus, but they definitely, from what I've noticed and experienced, there is no elaboration. <laughs> wow. So it's like, you don't even realize, you don't even realize what they're talking about because there's like no explanation. And, wow. and it seems like everyone's getting distracted with praying, you know, praying a Hail Mary to Mary. She, she was a human just like the rest of us. She was just, mm-hmm. She was just a vessel that God used to bring Jesus into the world. She was just like anyone else. Yeah. So I don't understand why what the emphasis on Mary is when it really Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only name that matters. Well, you know, um that's interesting that you say it that way and that brings me to this question. How did you end up coming to Christ? Because I know you were yes. talking about so, this emptiness, this depression, and everything. And to me, when I heard you saying that, it sounds like that was when the Lord was probably starting to deal with you, and you were feeling that emptiness of not having Jesus in your heart. So, elaborate. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was definitely like knocking, knocking at the door when I was when I left for college because I was just depressed and lost. But going back to that music producer, that's when things really started heating up. So I was working with this music producer who was the devil. He elaborate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was manipulating me, lying to me, threatening me, abusing me. Um, scaring me, tricking me, just just totally like pulling a what's that Sengali move, mm-hmm. trying to be abusing his power, 
Um, I'm a young, I was 24 at the time. He was maybe 40. And he was like, oh, like, if you want to be, like, a pop star on the radio, like, you need to, you need to get naked. You need to be out um, all night at these clubs. Uh, you have to be skinny. You have to be willing to sleep with anyone and whoever. Like, none of that should be even a thought for you. You should just be willing to do anything. And um, you're going to need a lot of money for these recordings, so you're going to have to find a way to get this money. And there's a lot of rich men in the city who like young women. Stuff like that kind of just trying to get me to... Do all of these things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of, um, yeah, just sell myself. So when you heard all these things, I mean, I heard you say abuse. Now, you know, when people hear that, a lot of people can think a lot of different things. So you could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be whatever. So what kind of abuse was it? It was emotional and actually sexual. Okay. Yeah, so he was sexually abusing me, like threatening me if I didn't sleep with him. Um, just, yeah, making threats if I didn't do certain things. And so I was super scared. I, I engaged in these in these things. I was out partying, doing drugs, drinking, you know, sleeping around. And I knew it was wrong, and I was like, wow, I've heard this, you know, you, he- you read about this in the news, like with Kesha and Dr. Luke, and, and you never want to believe it. And I found myself thinking, wow, I guess this really is what it takes to make it in the music industry. And I never thought I would be in this position, and here I was. Wow. So... Yeah, so, so after a okay. um, so after a couple of months, I was really, I just wasn't feeling obviously good about any of this, and um, I knew what I was doing was wrong, and I was putting myself in a dangerous situation. So one night, I was actually... So this producer had a friend coming into town and he claimed that this guy was like a billionaire and he wants to like fund your career if you go back to his like hotel room, that'll be really great for you. So I was like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And he basically was like, well, it'll be far worse if you don't go. So I, I I ended up going to the hotel room with this man, and by the grace of God, nothing happened. And we didn't do anything, and he didn't react negatively. He, I guess, was respectful, you could say. So we didn't do anything. I just, like, slept over in the hotel room, and that was the night that I prayed to God for forgiveness for what I was doing and to please get me out of this situation because I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I'm, it's too far gone. And just to please protect me and get out of this. Like, I can't believe where I am right now. This guy could kill me. So well, let me ask you something because it's really one of those things where I, I mean, me listening to you talk about this and you didn't have a relationship with Jesus at the time. I'm just wondering where did this come from where you were like, it sounded like there was some type of a, a level of understanding of righteousness and or, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing something wrong, right, or whatever, knowing that God, you can pray to God that he can get you out or something like that. Like, what was it that caused you to even come to that conclusion where you would say, I need to pray to get out of this? Yeah. Well, I always believed in God. Um, I think we're all born with 
Jesus in our hearts. And as we get older, people like suppress that feeling. Um, so I, I don't know. I always believed in God and I guess maybe it was instinct. I was, I didn't know what else to do. I mean, it was the middle of the night in a hotel room, you know? So I just, I prayed, I prayed. So I don't know. I think it was just something that innately was in my heart. So when you say it, Jesus in your heart, you're not saying born again. You're just saying people have a knowledge of God's existence. That correct. You no, know, okay. Correct. All, right. all people. All people. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you you say this prayer, and then what happens? I say this prayer, and then the next morning, um, I leave the hotel room. And I go back to the producer's apartment and I just have this like sense of clarity come over me, which was God and this mm-hmm. courage. Um, and this producer and I had a contract for one year for him to solicit my material and pitch it to record labels. And this was about three months into that contract. And I went up to him and I was like, I'm done doing business with you. Like, you're a liar. I don't want to work with someone like you. And I was like, I don't care that, you know, we have so much more time on this contract. Like, I'll I'll pay you the money and that's it. Like, I don't even care about the music. And I walked out. And I never looked back. Now, in the midst of this, because, I, I mean, I don't know how deep you went for you to see, you know, certain depths of the music industry on that side. Did you see mm-hmm. some of the things that people talk about when it comes to like um, certain people who are behind the scenes of the music industry? Did you see anything like that or? Um, no, I didn't really see anything like that, but I mean, this producer is just one guy and they're, hundreds of them out there. So unfortunately, my story isn't even a unique one. This is happening to young women everywhere. And even just the culture that surrounds it, like when we all would go out to like the clubs, it was just such, it was just such chaos. And everyone is so drunk and so drugged out. How could anyone make uh, a clear decision when they're under that type of influence and the music's blasting and you're, you're just out of your mind. So the culture, the culture lends to being taken advantage of. Wow. So, um, now you, you are telling this guy all this stuff and what does he do? What does he say at that point? He said, all right, see you later. You know, I was just another, another name on his list. You know, I was, ex- I was disposable to him. So, I mean, I don't think he cared at all, actually. Okay. So, basically, he used you as long as he could, and then he was like, now that you don't want me to be using you, I'm getting rid of you, like that. Act- exactly. Exactly. Okay. I, think he, I think he's been through this. Because he has worked with so many girls, and it's, it seems like it's after a certain time, he doesn't work with them anymore. Get someone else. After a certain time, they're done, too. Like, I'm sure the, the girls catch on, and they, they do the same thing that I did. So bottom line is, it's like he uses them for sexual favors or something like that as much as he can get. And then when they finally get to a point where they're done, then he's like, all right, yep. well, bye. You know, like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. That's how I perceived it, for sure. Wow. So um, this is good for those that are aspiring, that keep on thinking that it's sweet on the other side of things, and they want to be getting involved with all this stuff in music, but they really don't know what's really happening, um, and and what it requires, what kind of price you pay mm. in a negative way. Yeah. For that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a dirty, dirty business. And my advice is to just be careful. Um, 
don't trust everyone and, you know, keep your guard up. And you also don't need to rely on anyone to, you know, make your career happen. You can, you can do it on your own. And if it's meant to be the right open, the right doors will open for you. But there are a lot of people out there who will take advantage of you and just abuse their power. So I would just say, be super careful and to really think about what, what you're getting into. Yeah. Well, um, so now that you're out of this contract and on your way, like, did he rip it up in front of you or something like that? Or is he one of those kind of people that he just held on to it to try to have it as some power piece? Like, if I want to call on you, I could, you know? Um, no, actually, yeah, that's a good question. Well, at this point, the contract expired. But at the time, no, there was like no mention of it because um, – because I was paying him to produce these songs. So, I mean, I gave him the money. So at that point he got, he got what he needed. So. So he, he was actually someone who could make things happen or was he just, you know, faking it? Um, I mean, I'd like to think it wasn't completely a scam, but I mean, he's done some stuff here and there. He probably does know some people, but it who knows who knows okay i wasn't going to stick around long enough to find out that's for sure yeah so as far as um coming out of that situation now i'm presuming shortly after this you you come you had some experience that causes you to give your life to jesus so what happened so after that, I kind of just like, like I was saying, the world just seemed so much clearer to me and I was ready to give up music. Like I didn't care about it anymore because if that's what it took, I wanted no part of it. So I was, I sought out a new church. So I looked up um, Bible believing church in Bergen County. And um, this church, Grace Baptist in Ramsey, New Jersey, popped up on my on my Google search, and I checked out their website. And they 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 preach the Bible. They believe Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He's the way, the truth, the life, the only way to heaven. So they were saying all these things that I was, you know, agreed with. And I I started going to their church. Me and my mom showed up one Sunday. And it was one of those things where the pastor was just preaching and you just felt like he was speaking directly at you. And it was just, it was so emotional. And we started going there for a couple of weeks. And in those beginning weeks, I was like, I had major anxiety. I was, my heart was pounding when I was sitting in church I was so scared. I thought it was too late for me. And now I know that was, you know, that was the devil trying to keep me away um, from hearing the word because he knew like I was on the cusp of like getting saved or, you know, he was losing one of his, his minions. Um, well, what so he mom- was like, okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, go on. No, no, no. I want you to finish what you were saying. So he was like, what? Oh, so I I just, I was really scared those first couple of weeks going to church, but I know that was just, you know, the devil trying to keep me away. But I, you know, me and my mom kept going. We kept going at it. And it was just amazing. Just like how God just like opened our minds and our hearts. And it led to my mom getting saved and my brothers saw me and my mom we seemed so different and we were like obsessed with this church they started coming to church with us they got saved my boyfriend at the time noticed i was so different he wanted to come check out the church and he got saved so it was just it was um, an amazing amazing time wow so what made your mom start going with you in the beginning though because if you all were going to a Catholic church and now you were choosing a different one yourself, what made her come along? With you? <laughs> isn't that funny? Because isn't that so funny? Like if we were going to this Catholic church our whole lives and then we were just so 
he's like so quick to switch. It just goes to show we weren't really getting any spiritual fulfillment um, out of that. But yeah, so my mom, she was kind of feeling the same way. She was like, I need, I need a change. Like, I don't feel good. Um, she was ha- kind of having some problems with my dad. So she just like wanted a change and some relief from that. So we both decided like, let's go to this church and see how it is. Wow. So now I heard you say your mom got saved. You got saved. Your brothers got saved. Your boyfriend got saved. Sounds like your father <laughs> is taking his time in that situation. <laughs> he is taking his time. He's a little stubborn. Um, I don't know if he's just stuck in his ways. He, he tells us that he accepts Jesus as the Lord and Savior, but he, he's not too keen on switching churches and stuff like that. But, yeah, we're kind of on him a little bit, but he thinks we're kind of crazy. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've been praying for him and you will continue to do so. Um, Absolutely. So as far as... Um, coming to Christ and everything and, and starting to have a new direction with your life. What made you, um, what made you get interested back in doing music again? So, um, my, my church, my new church, they have, they had a praise team, which I've never seen before. They had, you know, people singing, playing guitar, playing drums, piano, and I was like, wow, like, I'd love to be involved with this. So um, I started singing. I started singing at my church, my new church. And just from that, it was kind of just like a rippling effect. I was just getting so inspired through the music. I started listening to K-Love Radio, which is a Christian radio station. I just started listening to so much Christian music. And then I started to sing again at my house, just posting like YouTube videos, Instagram videos, and it kind of just spiraled from there. Um, I was getting like a bunch of messages online and I started just singing more and more Christian music. And then I was like, all right, like maybe I'll start taking this to the streets. So they say, so I started booking I started hitting up the old venues that I used to play with with my rock and roll band and I started booking shows there and just all of this stuff started happening and it was like super easy getting gigs and performances. So I was like, all right, like maybe this is something the Lord wants me to keep doing because this is all happening so seamlessly. Um, Let me ask you something. You mean to tell me that the clubs, like the, I guess they were rock clubs. I don't know what they would call them, but they were actually open to hearing Christian music there? Yes, they were. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. They, they, so far, I have never played in a Christian venue. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Isn't that wild? I've been playing all of these rock clubs, um, yeah, and they're actually inviting me back, and some are messaging me to play there. Like, I just played at the Bitter End in New York City, legendary club. Lady Gaga has played there, Bob Dylan, anyone who's anyone has played there. And they messaged me asking me to come play there. And it was it was the wow. best show to date. Wow. <laughs> so, That's interesting. Yeah. It sounds almost like God is taking you into arenas where you're being a light in the midst of darkness. So are you like, when you're booking these shows, this isn't something that you're advertising to the Christian community, are you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling everyone. I'm, oh, I'm not okay. keeping this from anyone. Right. Yeah, well, no, no. I guess maybe I should say it a different way. Okay. You are doing that, but is this something where a lot of unsaved people are coming to the thing because it's at that club, or is it like, when you book this, this is like an exclusive, not saying that you're excluding people, but an exclusive type mm-hmm. of atmosphere, so to speak. I would say there are more unsaved people there than saved by far. Now, how does that happen? Are you, 
Are you finding that there are people that just happen to be there at the club? Yeah, you, so usually when I book these gigs, I'm on a bill with about three other acts. Like, you know, we each get an hour slot, 7 to 8, 8 to 9, 9 to 10, 10 to 11. And a lot of the fans for the other for the other bands, you know, they stick around, people trickle in. My fan base are a lot of unsaved people, and now, like, my new Christian community, they're starting to come out. But, yeah, it's, it, since I'm in the city, people walk into music venues all the time just because, you know, they hear a guitar outside. So they're, they're curious. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. But, yeah, so, so I, I, I do get a little nervous. Um, the first time I played, I, sometimes I do get like a scoff or a heckle, like, oh, brother, like when I mentioned Jesus, but you know, I, I persevere and I keep playing and by the end of the show, like, you know, they're tipping me at the end. So you never know what's going to happen during your set. You just got to keep going and you got to speak your truth. Wow. So, um, at this point... Um, it seems as though you're definitely having a, a huge impact on the unsaved realm and that maybe that's is kind of like, I don't know, I'm not going to say that's the only place for you, obviously, but um, that's really interesting that that's happening. I'm happy for you, too. That's, um, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you. It's, it's been super interesting, and I honestly, I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm taking it day by day, but the Lord is giving me, you know, little signs here and there. Um, I auditioned for American Idol last two weeks ago and okay. I made it through three rounds of, so they do like a couple of rounds with the executive producers and then you move on to TV rounds with the celebrity judges. So I made it through three rounds and then I got cut and I don't know why I got cut. They said, your voice is great, but it's, it's a no. So I was super bummed out from that, but that's the furthest I've ever gone for these TV shows. So that was really cool. But then the next day I get an email saying I won first prize in a Christian songwriting contest that I submitted like months ago and like forgot about. Wow. So yeah, the Lord's timing has been super crazy and it's just been so exciting to just see what he, you know, what he's going to do because at the end of the day, it's, it's his will and his plan and he's going to do what he wants. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. And that's really good. You know? Um, so as far as like what you are, um planning to do moving forward like what well before i ask that question um what have you how how have you like grown like i know that i saw that um you have you know thousands of followers on instagram and everything how have you grown that data that base of people like has it been through just um over the years of even before you were a Christian or is this like something that's grown out of a new place in your life? And like, how have you, how have you seen that grow organically? All of that growth was is definitely through the years. Um, majority of those followers are actually from my, you know, rock and roll days, my pre-save days. And um, since I've become a Christian, I've, Obviously, my content has changed a lot, so I'm sure that's super fun for my fans to see. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an organic growth, but ever since I became a Christian, I'm noticing I'm losing a couple followers. Um, so that's kind of funny to see. But you know what? I'm just – I'm not going to, you know, um, mince my words, so to speak. Just yeah. because, you know, someone doesn't like it. This is, you know, it's my page. You don't have to follow me. Um, but I'm going to double down on Jesus, if anything, because, uh, like I said, I, I was working hand-in-hand hand with the devil. So I'm not going back to that. 
and uh, it's my duty to tell the world about Jesus and what he did for me and what he did for the world. I agree. So as far as like um, the rest of your family, I mean, have any of your other siblings been musical? No, I'm actually the only one in my family who is a musician, creative type. My whole family, they're all doctors. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone's like, you must, I know, they're like, you must have like an ancestor who's a singer. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I'm truly the only one. (laughs) (laughs) That's really amazing right there. So um, I know. So that that's got to be divine intervention, right there. Yeah. So let me ask you something. So are you? Um, are there no Christian um, events or venues or whatever up there where you live? Um, there are. There are a few. Um, the. I mean, there are. I just haven't gotten like my foot in the door in the like exclusively Christian things, I'm starting to do a little bit more because I'm working with more Christian musicians. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of helping me get into that world. But there's definitely a need in the Northeast for Christian music. So that's why I really love where I'm located because there's a need for it. You know, if I, if I moved to Nashville, I'm just going to be another face in the crowd because there's a strong Christian community down there. So mm-hmm. my goal is to really have an impact in the tri-state area where, where people need to know about the Lord. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, we're going to talk about that some more about how we can do something, some things together because, um, I have an event that I still um, believe God wants me to do. It's just that I haven't done it in a while, and I'm kind of like in the process of re uh, redefining it and kind of shaping how it looks. So basically, I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be needing quality artists like yourself to link up with me. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so that's that's cool that you're not that far away. So, um, what do you think that God wants to do with you as far as moving forward? With what do you see yourself doing with your um, with your music? Oh boy, I I have no idea. He can really he can do whatever he wants with it, and I know he can make things happen in a blink of an eye, or you know, over the course of years. So I'm just gonna take it day by day. Um, I think he wants to use my voice. Um, That would be super awesome for me because I love to sing and I love to, you know, talk about Jesus. So I'm hoping that he, you know, takes this music ministry that I kind of have going and he just, you know, blesses it. And um, hopefully I can reach people, you know, the youth and the you know the young adults of today people are you know more depressed than ever and they don't realize that the thing missing in their life is Jesus you know they think exactly. you know I have to move across they're chasing something I have to move across the country I have to change jobs they're chasing after this thing and I you know I just want to grab their face and tell them it's Jesus it's Jesus that's what you're missing and I promise that's all you need he fills you he fulfills you and so I'm hoping the Lord, you know, uses me for uh, for that. Yeah, I'm sure that he will. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff that I'm, uh, I'm seeing. You know, one of the things that I've wanted to do, I still want to do it, is um, go to universities and basically be, um, you know, have like shows universities and stuff like that um, which will draw the youth you know and um, show them a different side of being a Christian and and realize make them realize that you know 
it's not what most of them think. You know, they're not born again. It's it's not yeah. what they think because a lot of them think they're gonna be missing out on fun and stuff like that. You know, like it's gonna be such a boring life, and they don't realize that it's so much better than where they are right now. Oh yeah, it's, and it's it'll be beyond their wildest dreams. You know, and that's also a big thing I want to share with the world that, you know, I wasn't, I didn't grow up as a Christian and I wasn't a typical like goody, goody girl. Like I, I was crazy. I I used to party and um, I'm still like rough around the edges, but it's just, I have a sense of peace now and confidence that I never had. And I'm not worried about my future. So that's, yeah. that's, that would be great if people could know that. Yeah, I agree. So what are you currently doing as far as, like, uh, outside from music? Like, what are you doing right now? Oh, right now, you know, I'm just plugging away with, with you know, the music. And I'm trying to grow the ministry I'm trying to work on, you know, sharing my story more. And I also just, like, work crazy, odd jobs, you know, to kind of stay afloat. I'm a barista at Starbucks. Um, I'm a voice teacher at School of Rock. So, you know, just staying busy. I'm, I'm actually getting married. So I'm planning a wedding. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you so much. Yes, the same guy that got saved with me. We're getting married. Wow, <laughs> that is nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been so much fun, and I'm truly blessed. Yeah, that that's a real blessing. Well, I want you to, um, before you go, to share with uh, the audience how they can follow you on social media, get in touch with you, book you, whatever it is that they would like to do. Great. Yeah. So I can be found at Vanessa Marie Music. That's my Instagram handle. That's my Facebook page. My website is Vanessa Marie Music.squarespace.com. All my contact information is on there. I'm super responsive. I'm always online. And um, yeah, I would love to come sing for you guys and share my story and, you know, raise some hallelujahs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for being with me today on a new Nuba Godcast. Vanessa, I really appreciate it. And um, Thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah, and, you know, we're definitely going to stay in touch, you know, um, for some future endeavors in ministry. Um, and for those that are listening, um, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even LinkedIn at new numa and um basically follow us on those and if you want to talk about any specific um, topics have discussions with certain individuals you want us to interview stuff like that any suggestions you can always email us at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com and we will be more than happy to uh to look at that also if you want to get a free copy of my book among the wolves just email us to get on our email list and then give us a like on Facebook. All right. Thank you for listening again to the new Numa Godcast. We appreciate you and we uh, look forward to giving you more good content. Peace. What's up, family? This is Norman. Thanks for listening to new Numa. We appreciate you. And that includes your feedback. What do you like most about the podcast? What are your favorite subjects? What types of guests would you like to hear more? Shoot us an email today at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. Peace.